on the right page. Amen. Rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, here we go. Now we're ready. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. They shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Verse 15, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, now I want to get to it. The You see this right here? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's not what God said. God did not say, Lord. He said, I am that I am. In Hebrew, we call it Yahweh or Jehovah. We don't even know exactly how to say it because I'm not Hebrew. Even though my parents have been missionaries to Israel for over 20 years, I've been, I've lived in Israel. I still don't know how to speak Hebrew. But God said, I don't have to know how to speak Hebrew. That's not what's important. But what is important is that every time you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in Scripture in the Old Testament, it is not the word Lord that is being translated. It is the word I am. It is the Yahweh, it is the Jehovah God, his name. But the people who were translating the Bible were following the tradition of the Jews who originally penned the scripture that they did not want to take the Lord's name in vain. But they wanted you to know he's saying more than Lord. So every time you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, you need to know when you're reading that in scripture it's I am that I am. The I am is speaking. So every time these scriptures that I'm going to read to you, I'm going to read to you, I am. And you're going to see something open up in your brains that you may not have understood or you may have forgotten or it may just make you excited all over. When you understand what is actually being said, let's read that. And God said, moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the I am. God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath set me, sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Say all generations. That still includes you and me. That is still a part of it. This name, that's why we want to clarify, he's not talking about Lord. He's talking about I am. Place your Bibles down for a moment. Lift your hands. We're going to ask God to touch this, and this place is going to explode in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've done. By the power and the authority that you've given me by your name, Jesus, I bind every spirit of the enemy, every demonic spirit, every human spirit that would make any attempt to stop what you have ordained for your people today. We are your people. We are called by your name, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would move into this place, that you would open up understanding, you would loose the scales that have blinded those. Lord God, that we could see the truth. We want the truth, God. We want the whole truth and nothing but the truth, Lord God. If anything I say, be not in agreement with your word. Let it be forgotten from every ear. But God, let us receive what you've ordained for your people today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Give somebody a high five and you may be seated. I hope you brought your Bibles. Because I'm going to get into the Word today. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. If not, I pray that we can help you out on the board. Because I love that. I use that all the time. Our world tries to teach us that everybody has a truth. And they teach us in school and they teach us on the job and they teach us in our culture. We need to figure out what our own personal truth is. 
And you are a very bad person if you ever come against somebody else's truth. But I'm here to let you know without any doubt, without any fear or favor, that there is but one truth that really matters. And it is the truth of the creator of all things. The truth of who Jesus is, is very vital, not only to making it through. It helps you. How many knows when you needed to have some money to get the bills paid, that when you called on the name of Jesus, he is faithful. He is Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. How many knows that when you needed a healer in Hebrew, they called it Jehovah Nisi. He is, or Jehovah Rapha, excuse me. He is the Lord. He is not the Lord. It says, I am the healer. I am the provider. I am your banner. I am everything you need me to be. That's why he didn't clarify. He didn't make it any further. He just said, you tell him I am. Because anything you need, you know he's able But he laid down a truth. The scripture said it in verse 15. This is my name forever. But do you go around saying, oh, thank you, I am for saving me. I don't do that. I'm a pastor and I don't do that. I don't go around saying, oh, I am in the name of the I am. I pray that this person would be healed. We don't say that. But the scripture says, this is my name forever. And this is a memorial unto me. So are we supposed to go around saying I am? Well, let's just clarify. I have, he did say that I went to Bible college and I have a degree and I've studied and yada, yada, yada. That's nice. It don't mean nothing, but the word is what matters. What does the word say? So let's get in here. We want the truth. Amen. Isaiah chapter 43. I recommend that you get these scriptures, that you get these chapters. Don't just read and don't just study the scriptures that I have pointed out to highlight. But every one of these is so powerful and so amazing. And the chapters will give you such great greatness in your understanding of who God is. God is not a mysterious To those who are his children. He is not a mystery. He is not something that cannot be comprehended to his children. How many knows their mom and dad? How many mom and dads know your children? How many? Let me get this. We're going to get right down where we live here for a second. When my wife is so wonderful, she knows me so well. There'll be a time where I am just being a grump. And I have, I've got a rotten attitude and I'm just mad at the world and the whole world is just grumpy grump. And somehow she just won't say a word or anything. And the next thing I know, she's got a sandwich in front of me. And I just grumpily and I start to eat that sandwich. And it's amazing as I eat that sandwich how beautiful the world becomes. And then I get something to drink and I take a drink and it's just uh, life is good. And they've they, they come up with a name for it. It's called hangry. And it, I know I'm not the only one. But what I'm saying is my wife, she knows me. She knows who I am. She knows what's about me. She knows what's going on with me. And she knows how to respond to me. Your heavenly father loves you like nobody else. There's nobody that loves you more than Jesus. He does not want to be unknown and unknowable. He's not out there so big and so strong. Yes, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. As high as the heaven is from the earth, so are his ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. There are some things that we're never going to understand until we get over yonder. But who he is, what he's about, the core of what he's doing in your life, he wants you to know him. He did a whole lot to make sure you got to know Him. My God is not a God of blind faith. But He is a God that wants you to understand who He is. Anybody gets up here and tries to teach you the Word and say, well, we can't understand that. We can't comprehend that. You say, well, maybe you can't, but I got the Holy Ghost. And I can understand what God has for me. 
So I want to know what God has for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10. God speaking. You are my witnesses, saith who? That's not what that says. Remember, I taught you this lesson already. I am. You are my witnesses, saith the I am. You notice how every time he says the I am, he's not talking about the I am's. There is a singular God. It is the I am. Because nobody was there before the beginning. God can never say, I was. God can never say, I will be. The only thing He can ever say is, I am. Because before there was anything, I am. Right now, where we're living, we can say, we are here. I am here. God can say, I am here everywhere. So that's why He left it blank at the end. Because He says, I am Wherever I am, I am. In the past, I am. In the future, I am. When you had problems in your past and you needed God, guess what? He's there. When you're in the future, right here in the present and you need God to do something, He's there. In your future that you can't see, that you can't control, that you can't get to, guess what? He's there already. I am. God only has the present tense. Because His presence is everywhere. Doesn't that do something to you? Do you feel that? you feel that begin to resonate inside your spirit who God is? You are my witness, saith the one and only I am. And my servant whom I have chosen that you may know. Not that you may just worship me because you can't know what's going on. You can't understand it. You can't comprehend it. You just need to obey and do what I'm telling you to do because you're not able to. No. He said, I'm here. I've I've called you. You're my servant. I've chosen you that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me. There was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. That's why my name forever is I am. I, even I am the I am. Beside me, there is no Savior. You see, he delivered something here that's pretty powerful. Because why did Jesus come into the world? To seek And to save that which is lost. The whole purpose. Why did he say before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain? Why did he say all of these things? Why did the why was the world created? Why was the universe created? Why was humanity created? Why was the stars and everything created? It was all so that God could come and save us. And only God can save us. There is no other that can save us. Only the I am can save us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where am I at? Let's, uh, let's go to the next chapter. There's awesome stuff. It's very difficult to stop here. Because I want to just keep going. It's too good. But you read it on your own. Chapter 4. Ah, closed it. Love technology. Isaiah 44. We're going to go verse 6. Thus saith thee... I am. Oh, you guys got to say it like I say it. There you go. This is God's name forever. This is a big deal. You want to know this when you leave this place. You can look at somebody and ask somebody wants to know where's God? Who's God? What's God? What's going on with God? Let me give you some examples here. I've heard some people tell me, you know, God's not real. I can't see him. I don't believe in something I can't see. I don't want to, I don't have to be saved. That's your truth. I don't have to do what the Bible says. That's your truth. I can't see God. I can't know God. I don't know anything about that. You know what you can tell them? Do you believe in gravity? Like, what are you talking about? All right, let's go to the top of the building and let's jump off. If you don't believe in gravity, 
then you're fine, right? Because you're not going to be bound by it. God is God whether you believe or you don't believe. I say, well, gravity is a law. So is God. You cannot get to do and decide what is your personal truth because you're not the you're not the I am. You might have was, you might have been a has been, you might have hoped to be, but you ain't the I am. There's only one I am. I am the creator of all things. I am the salvation of the world. I was there before the beginning. I am. So gravity, you can't see that. But you feel it and you're bound by its laws just like God. You're going to know about gravity. You can study gravity. You can understand why some planets have more gravity than others. That you learn in science that gravity is based on mass. The more mass an item has, the more gravity it possesses. The more Jesus you got in your life, the more understanding of who God is is going to understand, going to be brought to you. The more you get of what you need, you're going to understand more. Now, there are some things you may not ever get to. But I don't want to stop. I want to know Him. He made a Bible so we could know Him. He gave us the Holy Ghost so we could know Him. He robed Himself in flesh and died on the cross so that we could know God. Don't lose your wonder, church. Don't get so excited and it's good. I love the fact that you guys are, are doing great things and, and you've got uh, things happening and you, and you want to help the, the soup kitchens and that's wonderful, that's all good. But in all that you do, don't you forget who Jesus is. You didn't come to this world to feed the hungry. You came to seek and to save that which is lost. Guess what? Sometimes feeding the hungry is a part of that. He fed the 5,000. It's a part of it. But don't lose the wonder. Don't lose the fear of the Lord. He is an almighty God. He is worthy of praise and adoration. And He is not worthy to be carried around through the slop and the muck and the mire of your sin thinking, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine because I love Jesus. Go around doing whatever you want to do because that's your truth. God forbid you get that attitude. Get a hold of something deep inside of you that says, Jesus, he created me for a plan and for a purpose. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here just to go through the motions. I'm not here just to survive. But God's got a plan for me. He knew me before I ever was because he is the I am. Hallelujah. 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 Thus saith the I am king of Israel. And his Redeemer, the I am of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Beside me, there is no God. All right, I need two people to help me. Who wants to raise their hand and help me? Brother Aaron, you want to help me? Brother Tom, come here. Brother, all three of you, come on. Praise God. I got three, that's perfect. All right, line up in a line facing the water fountain. In fact, why don't you go over to the water fountain? You're in line to get in the water fountain. Everybody knows what this is. You've seen this before. It happens at banks. It happens at Great Adventure quite a bit. and happens more at Walt Disney World. This is a line. Who's the first in line? His, well, let's get here. Let's, we gotta, what's your name? Say it real loud. Aaron Waldron. Aaron Waldron. Tom Curran. Tom Curran. Nasir Wyatt. Nasir Wyatt. Aaron Waldron. Tom Ford. Nasir Wyatt. Who's first in line? Did I say your name wrong? Still Tom. That's right. I went to school with a guy named Tom Ford. I'm sorry. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We're having fun, aren't we, church? Let's just stick with first names. That's easier to remember. Who's first in line? Aaron. Who's last in line? Nasir is... All right. Brother Aaron, go sit down. Get your drink. Go ahead, get your drink. You worked a little bit. You're earning it now. Get you something to drink. All right, step in line. Is this still a line? Go ahead, step up, Brother Nasir. Who's first in line? Who's last in line? Nasir. 
Brother Tom, get your drink and have a seat. This is still a line, church. Some folks are seeing where I'm going. Who's first in line? Who's last in line? Is there anybody beside him? Because I'm not in line. He's the first in line. He's the last in line. That only happens when you're the only one in line. I am God. I am the I am. I am the first. I am the last. And beside me, there ain't nobody else. Who wants to know who their God is? Have a drink, brother. God bless you. There's only one I am. It's not we are. It's not we am. There's only one I am. Singular I am. There Beside me there is no God. Verse 7. And who as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people, the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto me. He said, all right, you guys think you got it all together. Who was before me that can talk about things before I was here? There ain't nobody, right? Okay, what about the things to come in the future? Who's going to be there after I'm gone? There ain't going to be nobody. There's only going to be me. Only I can talk about what was from before the beginning, at the beginning, throughout time, at the end, beyond the ending, because I am. There is no ending to me. There is no beginning to me. I am God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Fear you not, neither be afraid. Have not I told you from that time and have declared it. You are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. And I was the one that was around. Everything that was made was made by me. When I was there before I made anything, there wasn't anything. I know not any. And I know everything because I am. So there is no God. Chapter 45, verse 5. I am the I am. There is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that you may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, That there is none beside me. I am the I am. And there is none else. Let's just praise Him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I rebuke confusion right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for your word that is so clear, that is so abundant in its understanding that you did not hide yourself, God, but you made yourself known unto us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said in verse 5, I've girded thee, though thou hast not known me. You know what that means? That means before there was anything, before the sun, the moon, the stars, before the dinosaurs, before the world, before anything, before the universe, God knew you before you knew Him. And He made you for a plan and for a purpose. You are godly. You have something that is to offer in the kingdom of God. You are not minimized. You are not little. You are not a push beside. You are not to be elevated. Do not get caught up into this world's concepts of classes. And this person's rich, so they're more important. Or this person's smart, so they get more honor. Or this person is racist or not. God doesn't care about that. There's not one mention of the color of anybody's skin in the Scripture. God doesn't care what color you are. You need to stop caring what color you are. 
Rebuke your own culture. Rebuke your own understanding. Because culture is not godly. I'm getting deep now. I wasn't going to get into this, but here we go. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Stop letting flesh and blood determine your attitude. But we wrestle against powers, against principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. We're going to get deep now. Remember when Jesus took the, took the, 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 the man who was possessed by legions of demons? And he said, get out of that boy. This is the Matt McFarland translation. Get on out of here. And they said, okay, you're, you're God, you're in charge. But can we stay? Send us into the pigs because our time has not yet come. And God said, fine, go into the pigs. I always laugh because my dad always taught, well, first thing that the pigs wanted to do when they got a bit of the devil, they wanted to run and get baptized. They all jumped in the water. Why did they want to stay in the pigs and why did they want to not leave? Because they had spent years and years in that geographic area building a culture. Culture is built by powers in high places, rulers of darkness, and that's who we war against. Now, be, don't get me wrong. You don't have to talk to me very long to find out I'm from Indiana. I love being from Indiana. I love my culture. I love my family history, my family legacy. I'm about the most patriotic person you're ever going to meet. I love America. I've got uh, family that have, have been soldiers in, in, for this country. And I, I love the history of this country that I, I can show you how God was involved in the foundation of this country. This is unlike any nation that has ever been formed before. I can show you that. In history, how God was a part of this. Now, there's a lot of things trying to change that because of culture. Powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. So culture is not always evil. But you have to be very careful that your culture does not supersede the word of God and the things of God. And right now, American culture... Is, t- is going about as far away from the things of God as it can. It's trying to create division. It's trying to create all kinds of nonsense that is not Bible. We are the church of the living God. How many knows when you were born again, you became a citizen of a higher geography? You are no longer your culture anymore. You are now the lineage. You are the direct lineage of the seed of Abraham through your faith in Jesus Christ. You now belong to Jesus Christ. And you can cry unto Him, Abba Father. He's your daddy. He's your familiar one that you can come to. He is God, but He is your Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That wasn't in my notes, but that's still truth. Amen? Praise God. Don't let culture take you away from what God wants to do. Let the word of God lead you and guide you. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not going to get into politics. I'm not going to get into that stuff. I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to let the love of Jesus begin to change this world. That's what's going to change this world. It's not going to be who you vote for, who you don't vote for. You don't see me going out and protesting against this and that because I'm not against something. I'm for something. I'm for Jesus. And everything else, I don't even look at that. i got to keep my eyes on Jesus because when I look around, then I start sinking in the storm. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I am God and there is none else. I knew you before you were born. Same chapter. Moving down a few verses to, to verse 21. He says, tell you and pray them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I? Thee? I am? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. It's coming back again. There is none else beside me. Do you think God is a mystery? 
Do you think God didn't want us to understand that He is one, that He is singular, that there is no other God but Him? That He has one name, and He declared that name is going to be His name forever and a memorial forever? Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. It is the entire Bible. You will find this truth. It is not a mystery. It is not an accident. It is not foggy. It is not up to interpretation. I am God. There ain't nobody else. Hallelujah. Where am I at? Verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved. Is there any other Savior? There is no other Savior. All the ends of the earth. For I am God. And there is none else. I have sworn by myself. The word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. This is what God said. The I am, the eternal, the one who is above all said that unto me every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess or shall swear. John chapter 9. Excuse me, chapter 8. Verse 23 again. This is so hard. Read a whole chapter of John chapter 8. You see Jesus get so frustrated and aggravated with a bunch of hooligans that he just, he just removes it, all doubt. He just breaks it down as clear as he possibly can. In John chapter 8, verse 23 and 24, And he said unto them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am now, in, in my Bible, if you'll look, this he is in italics. Who has a Bible and has this scripture open? Somebody have their Bible open? What does the he look like? Is it italicized in your Bible too? You know why it's italicized? Because that's not what was written. The wonderful people, I wrote a paper when I was in college, I wrote a paper on the translators of the King James Bible and God was in it. It's amazing how, it's amazing how they are so accurate with their scripture. The King James Bible is one of the most definitive works of translation that has ever been done. It is amazing, it is phenomenal, it is a miracle how well it was translated. These men that did this translation were so concerned with being correct that to them... They nobody taught them about Hebrew where the, the understanding that God is I am. They'd been taught that God is a trinity and God is three, not a one. So they didn't understand when Jesus said, I am. They said, well, that doesn't make any sense if he just leaves it blank. That's grammatically incorrect. It's not grammatically incorrect when it's your name. So when you read it the way that it's actually written without anything added for the help of translation, there's sometimes the italicized help of translation is very helpful and it gets us to understand. And even here, it does not change the meaning of the scripture. It is still what it says. It is still correct with the addition of their with the he. What does it say when you get rid of the he? He said you're going to die in your sin if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sin. And they were like, what? They didn't even catch on what was going on there. They didn't really get it. They were like, wait a second. What's happening here? He's they just kind of they kind of just brushed that off and they started to argue with him and argue with him about other stuff. Down at the end of the chapter in what verse am I at? Verse 53. They say unto him, are you greater than father Abraham, which is dead and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? Jesus, who do you think you are? 
You're talking saying you're bigger than Abraham. Abraham is the big kahuna. And all the prophets, they, they heard from God and they spoke out, you're greater than the prophets. Again, this is the Matt McFarland translation. This is not the King James. But I've known these people like this and that's how I, I vision them speaking. Verse 54, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me. Of whom you say, he is your God. Yet you have not known him. But I know him. If I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. We're going to get to his sayings in a minute. Ooh, this is getting good. Your father Abraham rejoiced. To see my day. And he saw it and was glad. When did Abraham see Jesus' day? I'll tell you when he saw it. There was a time when God gave Abraham the greatest gift he'd ever given him. The fulfillment of a promise that was made that took many years to come to pass. He said, you're going to have a son. It's going to be the son of the promise. And it's going to be through him that every nation of the world is going to be blessed. He lost faith. He went to he went to Hagar and had Ishmael. And he said, well, we'll make we'll we'll do our own thing and we'll make it our way. And God said, no, I told you something. The words are going out of my mouth and they are not going to return unto me. I told you you're going to have a son. And miraculously in his 90s, he has a son. And that son is Isaac. You know about Isaac. And Isaac was a good, godly man. He's growing up. He's a teenager. And God comes to him and says, all right, I need you to take the promise. I need you to take the gift. I need you to take that one of which all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. And I want you to put it on the altar and give it back to me. Let me tell you, church, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. What is it that God's given you that you love so much that you're afraid to give back to him? You don't ever lose when you give back to God. Christmas for Christ. You never lose when you give back to God. Global missions. You never lose when you give back to God. Your time, your finances, your energies, whatever you've got, when you give it to God and you say, God, this is precious to me. This is the most precious thing I have, but I'm willing to put it on the altar. My career, my choice of college or not college. My, my ambitions, my goals, my dreams, my plans, I'm putting them on the altar. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God at this point. He said, fine, God, you already told me something and I learned through my errors that your word does not return. You already said that through Isaac, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. So if you want me to kill him as a sacrifice, I ain't scared anymore because I know you're God and you're able to raise him up even from the dead if you need to. And he goes and he brings him up to the altar and he puts him on the sacrifice and he's ready to go. And the the angel of the Lord, which is a theophany, a, a direct presentation of God himself manifesting himself unto Abraham. It wasn't just a messenger from God speaking to Abraham. It was God speaking to Abraham. And he said unto him, listen, I know now. I know now. And what does Hebrews say? He said, the Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. And he goes up and he's ready to kill Isaac. He ain't scared and God stops him and he looks over and God had provided a sacrifice. And you know what Abraham did after that? He said, hallelujah, I didn't have to kill my boy. You know what he also did? He said, I'm rejoicing because I see the day of Jesus coming. I see the provision of salvation coming. I saw it today on the mountain and I'm glad. Verse 57, then said the Jews unto him, art thou not yet 50 years old? And you think you've seen Abraham and Abraham saw you? Verse 58, this is where Jesus was fed up 
and he wasn't going to bat around the bush. Whenever Jesus spoke, he was careful because he had not been glorified yet. And he's the one that said, no flesh shall receive glory, even his flesh. That's why he constantly took his flesh and reflected the glory to his spirit. He was not trying to get glory in his flesh. But he was a conduit, conduit that it would flow through his flesh to the spirit that was in him, which was one God. And he says, all right, guys, Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. They got it this time. Even the translators got it. They didn't put any italics in because they knew what he was saying by this point. I'm going to tell you how they got it. Verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. They're like, he just said he was God. He just blasphemed. He just took the Lord's name in vain. Let me tell you, when you give your own name, you don't take it in vain. When you speak the truth, you don't take it in vain. It is correct. It is right when it's true. When you deliver God's message, it's going to be okay. Whether they receive it or whether they don't receive it, it's still the truth. Not your truth and my truth and his truth and her truth. It's the truth. Because God made it the truth. He cannot be a liar. It's unable. It's not possible. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation. We come back to that word again. Salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one name that we can be saved by. Now we go back to at the very beginning. We read the scripture. We understand how important this was. He said, you tell them I am sent you that this is my name forever. This is a memorial to all generations. That includes you and me. Every human being that has ever lived, every human being that ever will live, they need to understand. They need to know. They need to love the fact that this is God. And this is who God is. This is their Creator. This is the name forever. But here is Peter. And he's just speaking under the anointing full of the Holy Ghost. And he just said there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus Wait a second. Jesus is not Jehovah. They're close. They're similar. Well, let's go. Let's let's try to be as Hebrew as we can. There is Yahweh and there's Yahashua. That's how you say Jesus in Hebrew. You may not have realized this, but Jesus and Joshua are like the same name. Another little tidbit for you. So Yahashua, Yahweh... They both start with a Yah, but they're different, aren't they? So let's read on a little bit. Let's see what's going on. He says, uh, there's no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So the only way to be saved is through the name of Jesus. But the Bible clearly states that God only has one name and there's nobody beside him. And his name is I am. But you notice how many times that we read about him saying salvation when he's in reference to I am. And, he, and this is what he's talking about. Neither is there salvation in any other. Well, let's just make it clear. Who was Jesus? Philippians chapter 2. Oh, this is good. Verse 5, let this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? That's a little funky old English. But he says, let this mind, the same understanding that Jesus had, 
when Jesus was in the form. Because God is invisible. God is a spirit. But he chose to make a form that we're getting ready to celebrate on December 25th. When God, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld him. We couldn't see God, but we could see Jesus because Jesus was flesh and blood. He was in the form of God. But when he was in the form of God, it was no different. He understood that he was equal with God. That he was the same as God. So, remember. Remember the line. We're in line here. We're queued up. We're ready to go. He's equal with God. Does that mean Jesus is beside God? Because there's only one in line, right? So what does that mean Jesus was? That Jesus was God. The only way you can be equal with the only one is to be the only one. Does that make sense? Is this clear? I'm not manipulating Scripture. I'm not playing around with the Word of God here. We want to rightly divide the Word of truth. Jesus was God, is what he just said in verse 6. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. God didn't humble him. Because he was God, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can God die? But the flesh and blood of Jesus died. The word became flesh and the flesh had to die for what reason? Salvation. Wherefore, God, how also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. We already read this in the Old Testament. We already read what it said in the Old Testament. God said that at my name. God said at the name of the I am. Let me just, I I hit it a little bit, but let me just tell you. The word Jesus is Hebrew and it means God, I am, become salvation. That's the name that is the memorial forever and ever and ever and ever to all generations. That's why it's never going to change. Because there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's why salvation is so important. That's why when you get baptized, you've got to have His name applied to your life. Because you're not going to be saved if you don't have His name. That at the name of Jesus. Let's just make it clear. Because I love it so much. It's so good. Back to Isaiah 43. I'm sorry, Isaiah 45. Back to Isaiah 45, verse 21. Oh, we'll just we'll just skip that because it's so good. But for time's sake, we'll skip it and we'll go to verse 23. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me, say unto me, unto me, the singular, the one, the true, the only God, the creator of all things, the only way to be saved. That unto me, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. And then we go back to. Uh, Where is it? Philippians chapter 2. When I had a real Bible, I could flip through these really fast. Oh, hallelujah. That at the name, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, he clarified, he further enveloped, he further let it be known. He didn't want to have any confusion. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth. Of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's keep reading. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's not your truth. It's not his truth, her truth. It's only God's truth. We need to understand. We need not to lose the wonder. We got to know who Jesus is. It's a big deal to God. For if it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Acts chapter 2. Stand with me. Verse 36, Peter preaching the first message of the church at the birth of the church. Salvation was about to explode to a new dispensation. Where Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord, both God, Lord is God, the, the, the one of the Old Testament, the Creator, the I Am, and Christ. What is Christ? He is the Messiah. The human being that's come to speak on God's behalf. That Jesus was God and man at the same time. Unlike any other human being, he wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was 100% human being just like me, you and me. He was tempted in all points such as we, yet without sin. But at the same time, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. we got to have the same mind and understand that Jesus is God. The only God. It's important. It's a big deal. We've got to work this out. We can't just say, well, that's nice for you. That's good for you. This is how to be saved, church. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what must we do? They recognized they were lost, that they were sinners and they needed salvation. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Not a little bit for you, your truth here, your truth there, but no, God's way. Every one of you in the name, the name, the only name, the only one in line, the one beside whom there is no God, the only way to be saved in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this is a promise. Remember, the words are not going to return back out of his mouth. He has spoken them. For the promise is unto you and to your children and them that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Look around, church. I don't know about you, but I'm not Jewish. I don't have the legacy of of an Abrahamic covenant. But you know what I've got? I've got a Jesus that has called me. And I've been baptized in that name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. And with many other words that he testify and exhort saying, listen to this church, save yourselves God's already done everything he can do to save you stop blaming God for your problems stop blaming God for your issues for your this and for your that God's already done it he bled and died and went through a brutality that you'll never know and he was willing to do it before you were even born he knew your name even though there was a time you didn't know His name. He knew who you were long before you ever knew who you were. Some of you folks are still trying to find yourself in this world. It's tough. It's hard. It's difficult. But God is not a God that is asleep. He's there. He's waiting. He's ready to do what needs to be done. And He said, Save yourselves from this untoward, 
this backward, this culture, this generation that is trying to put you in a box and say, this is all you are. It's time to break that box down. It's time to stand up and be a child of God. I belong. I died out to my sin. If you've never if you've never truly repented of your sins, today is the day. If you've never been baptized in the glorious only way to be baptized in that name. And I hope this message helps you to understand how important it is because there is no salvation in any other name. From the beginning of when it was delivered until all generations, there's only one salvation. And that's Jesus Christ. Christ is even not his name. That's just what he did. You can just say Jesus. And if you're if you're a different language, whatever the name for Jesus is in your language, it don't matter what language it is. It don't have to be Hebrew or Greek or whatever. You just got to know who you're talking about. That's why God made it so clear. His name is I am become salvation. In Hebrew, it's Yahashua, Yeshua. They pronounce it different ways. In English, we call it Jesus. In Spanish, it's called Jesus. In wherever, it's all different kind of names. I can't think of other names. French, it's Jesus. Whatever it is, you just need to know he's your salvation. He's Jesus. It's got to be in that name. If you've never been baptized in his name, we need to get that taken care of. We need to work out our own salvation, right? We read that twice. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Trembling. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And lastly, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, this precious, wonderful gift, this promise that is unto you, God has already promised you're going to receive the Holy Ghost if you want it. You can receive it if you've never received it before. Or maybe it's just been a long time since you spoke in tongues. See, we don't seek speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the sign that you've received the Holy Ghost. We want the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues, that's just going to happen. If you don't know what speaking in tongues is, I'll tell you. You're just praising God. God gives you weird words to say. And you start saying weird words that you never learned. It's another language. It can be an actual earthly language. It can be a heavenly language that nobody understands. I will say it was really cool when I heard this little Puerto Rican girl speaking Arabic. I know a little bit of Arabic. I lived in Israel. This little Puerto Rican girl from Queens did not know any Arabic. But she kept saying, Majden Larob. Majden Larob. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She said a bunch of other stuff, but I only know a little bit of Arabic, so I only got that part. <laughs> that was cool. But there's a whole lot of people that just want to just, I want Holy Ghost. I want God in my life. I want you to lead me and guide me. Let's pray right now. This altar is open in the name of Jesus. I bind every fear and I bind every doubt on the authority of your name, Jesus. I release faith. I release your spirit into this house in Jesus' name. We're going to repent right now, Jesus. God, not only am I sorry for every sin that I've ever done, God, but I'm making up my mind from this day forward. I'm going to walk and work out my own salvation. I'm not going to follow the ways of this world. I'm not going to follow the ways of the flesh. I'm not going to do whatever makes me happy, God, but I'm going to surrender my happiness to you because in that is the only way I'll ever be happy anyway. In the name of Jesus, God, we surrender to you. That's it right now. Give it to God. Break your vessel before him right now. Let him take. Let him take it. Be like Abraham and be willing to take it and put it on the altar right now. I give it to you, God. I give you my life. I give you my soul. I give you my everything. It's not about me. It's about you right now, Jesus. Not my will, but yours. He he prayed that prayer in Gethsemane so that you would have the ability to pray it now. Not my will, God, but yours. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Let your blood from Calvary flow through this house one more time. Lord, cleanse our hearts. Cleanse our spirits. We come to you right now, God. We come to you, Jesus, knowing that you're the only salvation. We have a clear picture right now of who you are. Forgive us our sins, God. Forgive us our sins in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands right now and worship your God. Let the Holy Ghost move. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move. Pray in tongues as you feel the Spirit of God move in your heart right now. In Jesus' name. Not my will, God. In Jesus' name. Yours. Let your will be done in this house right now. Jesus. 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 My Lord and my God. Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for all that you've done for me in Jesus' name. I love you, Jesus. I receive everything you have for me. I give it to you. I want to be close to your side. My Redeemer. So heaven is real. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Heavenly is real. 
death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one. Let your worship out, church. Let your praise out. Is he your great I am? Is he the one worthy? Does he deserve it? Jesus! Jesus! There is no power in hell or 